tomorrow is going to be the the third funeral in um, less than three weeks that, that I'm involved in. And of course, the Christian message at a funeral is always about the resurrection. It's about life after death. It's about the glorious hope that we Christians live with, that when Jesus returns, we will be raised from the dead. In death, we will not be separated from Christ, and death has absolutely no hold over those who are in Christ. We will be raised. And when we talk about it being a hope, it's not, gee, I hope this is going to happen. Like, I, I hope that Robin's going to buy me a nice new shiny pistol for Christmas. Like, that's ever going to happen. Uh, the, the hope of the resurrection is a sure hope. It's a certain hope. It's something which is guaranteed, and we're just looking forward to the day when it does happen. That's the gospel message, and that's what we should be focused on. Did you know, when we're focused on eternity, it actually makes following Jesus a whole lot easier. You see, when you're focused on eternity, no cost in this life is too high. Nothing that you have to give up to follow Jesus is too valuable. No sin that you have to repent of is too pleasurable to ever be rid of it. Because this life is fleeting and eternity is wonderful and it's long, hence its name. But when we're not focused on eternity, when this present life seems to be so wonderful and so pleasurable and so meaningful that we'd hold, we'd do anything to hold on to it, well that's when it actually gets really hard to follow Jesus. Because to follow Jesus means that we might be having to give up some of the stuff that we love so very much. Very often eternal values are in stark contrast to our present worldly values. And so when worldly values are some of the things that that we don't want to give up, it makes following Jesus really hard. Let me ask you a question. And you don't have to answer out loud, but I want you to consider it very seriously. Are you focused on eternity? Or is eternity a side issue for you? Something that you'll think about more when you get get a little bit older and maybe one foot in the grave. You know, most people I bury put it off and put it off and put it off because eternity seems so very far away. Then all of a sudden it's too late. Is eternity a side issue for you? Or do you even believe in the resurrection? What about if we were to talk about The spiritual realm. Do you believe in angels and demons and the Holy Spirit and the power of God and the reality of heaven and hell? Do you believe all that stuff? Or are you someone who feels you've moved past all that? And if you have moved past it, what have you moved on to? From the late 18th century onward, what's known as liberal theology began to emerge. And I'd say towards the end of the 20th century was its heyday. And liberal theology basically comes from a view that philosophical and scientific and social understandings have a large part to play in our interpretation of scripture. And so a liberal theology tends to very much downplay the spirituality and the power of Christianity. And so you might have even heard of bishops, no less, who don't even believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. 
Some of them stop believing in heaven and hell. And Christianity seems to become more of a humanistic enterprise and an, and an aim to make life better for people now who are suffering and hurting. But it denies any real power of God. And one of their common mantras is, we don't need to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. We don't need to believe that that he was raised from the dead. The judgment of God and heaven and hell and the miracles of Jesus and of the early church, well, they can all be explained away. And they'll tell you, you know, in our age of enlightenment, we shouldn't be expecting people to believe in that sort of stuff anymore. They'll tell you that most of our Bible was written for and by the ancients and they didn't know any better, but we do. We have scientific and philosoph- science and philosophy now, and so we don't need to believe in those fairy tales anymore. But you know what? It's not that they know, now know better. It's just another excuse for unbelief. It's the excuse. It's always been there. When Paul was put on trial and he was put in front of the Jewish council, there were two parties there that day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees believed their Bibles. They believed in life after death. They believed in angels and demons. They believed in the spirit. But the Sadducees, well, they were the liberals. Right? Just like the liberals of today, they didn't believe their Bibles. They didn't believe in life after death. They didn't believe in the supernatural. They didn't believe in angels and demons and in the spirit. You see, there's nothing new about liberal theology. It's just the same old unbelief rebadged as scientific and philosophical enlightenment. Don't ever get taken in by it. Now, the thing is, as I read this, what, what leapt out at me was that the Pharisees, you know how the Pharisees, Jesus used to always argue with them, right? right? But the Pharisees, they were very close to being on the right track. They believed in life after death. They believed in God. They believed in angels and demons. They believed in the spirit. They believed that God was going to send his Messiah and they're anxiously waiting for this Messiah and Get this, all of their hopes and all of their dreams would have been fulfilled in Jesus Jesus the Messiah. But when he turned up, they hated him. And they rejected him. In their pride, they would not turn to Jesus. Romans 11 says, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that would not see, ears that would not hear, down to this very day. And you know what? Nothing's changed. In the world today, there is a deep spiritual hunger. Just take a look at the the renewed interest that we see in spiritual enlightenment. And it seems that people will look for spiritual realisation or angelic contact or hope for the afterlife and they'll look everywhere but Jesus. Maybe the cost of discipleship is too high. Maybe pride keeps them from believing in the God who reveals himself and instead they believe in a picture of God that they want to draw for themselves. Jesus is the one who can meet all of their needs and all of their hopes. He's he's the one who will fill all of their emptiness. He's the one who will dispel all of their loneliness. He's the one who will take away all of their guilt, but their eyes will not see and their ears will not hear. And so they look 
everywhere else but Jesus. And so outside the church, there's a lot of people who are just like the Pharisees, looking for spiritual truth, but they've shut the door to the one place where they'll find it. They've shut the door on Jesus. Now the challenge for us is how do we be God's servants in a world that shut the door to Jesus? Do you know how to open a shut door? You just keep knocking. Just keep knocking. The challenge for us is are we going to keep on knocking? And the answer is yes, we must. We must continue preaching Christ crucified. We must continue to proclaim the truth of heaven and hell. We must continue to, to, to preach the, the good news of eternal life in Christ. But then within the church, there's a number of people and in some churches, a large number of people and often they'll be biblical scholars or even the leaders of churches who are just like the Sadducees. They're attracted to the spiritual organisation but not to the spirit. They're firmly entrenched in the structures and the politics and even the good works of the church but they deny the truth of what the church is tasked to proclaim. And of course I'm talking about those who have embraced liberal theology. By the way, I've told you this before. Do you remember how to tell the difference between a Pharisee and a Sadducee? Do you remember how to remember which is which? The Pharisees believe in life after death and in angels and demons. The Sadducees don't and so they're sad, you see. Okay, so that's how you remember. A unity of belief is very important in the church. Some people will be of the attitude, well, it doesn't really matter what you believe. Evangelicals and liberals, you know, those who believe in their Bibles, those who don't, those who believe in eternity, those who don't, those who believe in miracles of God, those who don't. It doesn't matter what you believe. We can all be part of the one church and we can all get on. But that's simply not true. Take a look at, at, at the Jews, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Even when they had a common enemy, Jesus, they still couldn't get on. And that's what Satan does in the church. Satan is our con- common enemy. Loyalty to Christ and preaching the truth of the gospel should be our common purpose. But while ever liberal theology is tolerated in the church, the church will constantly be in argument with internal debates that, that divert us from our purpose in Christ. And of course, our purpose is we should be keeping our eyes fixed firmly on eternity in Christ and inviting the world to join in this eternal journey. Verse 11. The following night the Lord stood by Paul and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. Let this be the word of the Lord to us too. To take courage and to continue testifying to the facts about Jesus. 
And you know, don't you, that, that to testify to the facts, to bear witness to the facts, it doesn't just mean to know them in our heads. It doesn't mean to just speak them out. It also means to live them, right? It means to know it, to do it, to speak it. Live in the forgiveness of Christ. Live for eternity, not for today. And preach the truth, not the watered-down so-called enlightenment version of the gospel. Don't let eternity be a side issue for you. You you can very quickly tell where a person's at with Jesus by how they live. Are they a person who are living with an eternal perspective or are they a person who are living just like the world around them with a current worldly perspective? The world will know where your heart is. The world will know what you truly believe by how you live your life whether it's with an eternal perspective or whether it's with a temporary worldly perspective. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that... um, I want to thank you for your plan for eternity. Lord, I want to thank you that... Well, we know the cost was high. It's a cost that none of us could ever afford to get a ticket to eternity. The cost was paid by your son as he is nailed to the cross. Lord, let I pray that eternity would never be a side issue for us. It's so easy to get distracted. Particularly when life is so good. Life is almost luxurious. Life is so entertaining. Life is so much fun. There's so much love, so much joy. Lord, I know that it's easier to focus on eternity when things are going really bad and we're ready to be rid of our life and and enter into your joy. Well, Lord, I... My prayer is that you would help us to be focused on eternity even in the good times. Let us count even the good times as second best because life with you is the best. Life with you is what we're looking forward to. Lord, give us joy in this life, not for this life, but that you are with us for the whole of life, life eternal. Amen.